Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. For those of you listening on the date that this episode is actually publishing, Happy New Year. Wish you a happy 2023. And this episode is all about how do you get your money right in 2023. The actual principles of this episode can be applied at any time during the year in any year because they are universal principles, but I thought this would be a healthy time to talk about this because the beginning of the year is when we're oftentimes thinking about things, improvements in our lives, and two of the biggest are typically health and wealth. So I'm not going to talk about the health side today, but we will be talking about money and what framework can you apply to your money to ensure that you're getting the most life out of that money, to ensure that you're getting the most from what you have with your finances. So this is based upon a listener question, and this question comes from Nathan. And Nathan says this. He says, great content. I always appreciate your approach to saving and investing for the future, but also emphasizing the importance of enjoying today as well. As someone who has 15 to 20 years before retiring, around age 60, I recognize there are many unknowns before entering that retirement phase. However, Having already built up an amount in our 401ks that is projected to grow to be quote-unquote enough when the time comes, I feel conflicted on slowing saving down to the match today and continue as we have been. When is it wise to trust the predictions of estimates like this? I feel like the time probably isn't yet, but I also realize no one can predict the market. All right, Nathan. Well, thank you for that question. Just for those of you who are listening, what Nathan's referencing is a lot of times on this podcast, we'll talk about when is it time to stop saving for retirement. And at some point you hit that critical mass where you've got enough money in retirement savings already to carry you on towards retirement without actually needing to save a whole lot more on your own. So the tension or the balance is at what point do we trust maybe the projected growth rates? You know, when you run the numbers and say, okay, I've got X amount of my dollars today in my portfolio. I know I need X number of dollars in my portfolio, say five, 10, 15 years from now when I retire. If I assume some growth rate, I'm probably fine. But what if that growth rate doesn't happen? What if this doesn't happen the exact way we think it might with what people think the market might do or even what the market historically has done? So I'm going to take this question. I'm going to tie it into a bigger picture thing, as I talked about, of how do you get your money right? How do you start to think about what should you be doing with your money? And as I mentioned, this is a good episode for the beginning of a new year because this is when we're oftentimes thinking about money. So the question, Nathan, you submitted is a good one. It's not exactly about this, but at its core, it is. So I do hope to address your question specifically, but also tie it into a bigger topic. Here's one of the challenges, not just Nathan with your question, but that we all face when it comes to retirement planning or just financial planning in general, is we all want and crave precision when it comes to planning our finances. We want to know exactly how much we should save, exactly how much we can spend now, exactly how much we think we might be able to spend in the future, exactly what the market's going to do, exactly what tax brackets will be. If we had perfect information, we could craft the absolutely most precise and most perfect plan for every single person in the world. The problem is that precision doesn't exist. There's no spreadsheet that's going to guarantee you'll be fine. And I know in this industry, the financial industry that I'm part of, people like to talk about retirement projections. They'd like to talk about getting the Monte Carlo simulations just right. They want to talk about optimizing plans for success. And while that's all good, 
we also have to simultaneously realize that so much of this planning we do, so much of these assumptions that we make, they're just guesses. Now, hopefully they're educated guesses, and hopefully those guesses are continuing to be refined more and more as you get closer and closer to your goal, but we don't know with perfect certainty what's actually going to happen. Now, it is still worth doing those projections. It is still worth doing that planning because, as the saying goes, it's better to be approximately right than exactly wrong, but we have to recognize that planning cannot ever deliver perfect certainty like we probably want it to. So just like any strategy... Financial strategies are just guesses about the future. They can tell us the general direction we're headed, but they lack precision when it comes to understanding our exact destination. So that's one challenge. The other challenge is more money does not solve feelings of financial insecurity. So if we think we can just outrun some of these problems, if we think we can just outrun the ability or the lack of ability to be super precise with everything, you're probably going to be running for a very, very long time until you just get so exhausted and you realize there's nothing that you can do to escape this if you're looking at quote-unquote enough as a number. There's not a number that will make you feel like there's enough. Instead, that sense of enough, that feeling of enough, it comes from having a plan. It comes from having a strategy, acknowledging that it's not going to be perfectly precise because the future can never be perfectly precise as we know it today. But knowing what are the triggers or what are the things that need to be adjusted on an ongoing basis, understanding which of these things can we control, which of these things can't we control, and how do we ensure that we're in the best possible position to get to where we want to go, even if we can't perfectly predict what's going to unfold over the next number of years. So what does any of this have to do with the new year, getting your money right in the new year? Well, what it has to do is we need a mindset shift. This is the hardest part of financial planning. We've been conditioned to think that financial planning means getting your money right is the main goal, and our lives should simply be arranged to fit within that. Now, there's some truth to that. We do need to apply some structure to our lives. We need to ensure that we're moving in the right direction, and sometimes that takes some discipline. A lot of times it takes some discipline and some guardrails around what we're doing to make sure we're moving in the right direction. But if you take that to the extreme, you can real easily get quickly caught up in the mechanics of this and lose sight of what's most important. For example, when I grew up, Dave Ramsey was a huge name in our household, and Dave Ramsey was a huge help to our household of applying some structure around what my family was doing with our finances. Now, that structure was amazingly helpful in terms of the ability to understand what's the next step we take, what's the next thing that we should be doing. But I've also seen instances where that structure people can get lost in it. And they're so committed to saving exactly 15% of their income. They're so committed to doing nothing with debt. They're so committed to following the baby steps in the order that the baby steps are written, which again, in general is a very good thing. But if you look at following those steps as the be all end all, if that's the ultimate goal and you're rearranging your life to fit within that, at some point you're missing the bigger picture. The better approach is yes, have structure. Yes, have discipline. But instead of rearranging our lives to fit getting our money right, we should start with what do we want our lives to look like. At the end of the day, money is not the goal. Money is the tool to help us accomplish the goal. So the thing that we should be thinking about first is what does your ideal life look like? What does a successful life look like to you? When you envision your future, when you look back on it all, what has to have happened with relationships, with work, with fun and leisure, with your ability to connect with friends and family, with your faith, with all these different things, what has happened for you to look back and say, this was a successful life. I did things really well. 
those things probably have nothing to do with your savings rate. They probably have nothing to do with how you budgeted. They probably have nothing to do with any Roth conversions you did. So what we always have to realize is our vision for an ideal life or for a successful life, that's the goal. And then we need to arrange our finances, arrange our money in a way to best support that. So this reframing, this exercise, it's something that we should continually do because it's very easy to get caught up in the trap of doing the quote unquote supposed tos. You're supposed to do this to your 401k. You're supposed to do this with a Roth IRA. You're supposed to do this to save on taxes. And while that's all grounded in probably good thinking, if that's all we're looking at and if we're not looking at how does this impact my ability to live a great life, we're missing the bigger picture, as I said. So we need a mindset shift. And the hardest part of financial planning is that it's not ultimately about the finances as a starting point. The finances should be the tactical thing that you're doing, the tactical changes that you're implementing to live a better life. But the first thing we need to do is understand what do I want that life to look like? Now, this doesn't have to be a complicated exercise. Ideally, it's something that you're keeping top of mind and that you're revisiting periodically. But it all starts with asking yourself a simple question of what does your envision look like with your spouse and family, with work, with faith, with hobbies, with fun and leisure, with friendships. And as you start to think through each of these categories, and each category is maybe specific to you, you can start tying that back to your finances. Okay, I've said this is important with my family. Am I doing the things with my finances that would support that vision I have of what my family life looks like? Or, you know, I've said this is important in terms of activities and things I'd like to do. Well, am I taking the steps with my finances to be able to do those types of things? So if we go back to Nathan's question, he says, I recognize there are many unknowns before entering that retirement phase. However, having already built up an amount in our 401ks is projected to grow to be quote unquote enough when that time comes. What do I do going forward? Paraphrasing his question a little bit. Well, what he's essentially asking is he's saying life isn't all just about retirement. I'm 15, 20 years away from that. Going back to Nathan's question, what about all the things that come up along the way? Now, I don't know Nathan. I don't know what family or friendships or things might look like, but my guess is he's trying to see how do I make sure I'm prepared for retirement, but don't sacrifice the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years just to get there if I already feel like I've got a good amount put away. So how do I understand or how do I put myself in a position to enjoy things along the way, to be able to fund things along the way and not tie up everything for retirement? So here's a practical example of how this exercise might help. Well, Nathan, go through some of these things. What is most important to you? What it does envision success look like for you? And then to answer your question of how do we address the unknowns? Well, this is where we start to align our dollars with what's most important. So if you want to be in a position to fund things, to purchase things, to take time off from work, to do things that maybe you can't use retirement dollars for, here's the connection between what our envisioned life looks like and what we do with our dollars. If you already feel like you've got enough money in 401ks put away, do you start saving to a non-retirement account instead? This could almost be like a slush fund of can you fund trips with the family? Can you fund your ability to take some time off work? Can you fund college for children? Again, I don't actually know Nathan or anything about family or work or desires, so I'm just making stuff up as we go. But as you start thinking that, this is an area where saving in a different way might better align with the goals that he has. So do you maybe save to a non-retirement account instead of 401ks? Does Nathan maybe build up a large cash reserve for the next one, two, three, four years before going back towards saving to retirement accounts? 
Does he look at his cash flow today? So income coming in, expenses going out to see, are there other ways to do what he wants to do? So what does this have to do with? Well, if Nathan was just mindlessly looking at his 401k and saying, okay, the be all end all goal is max out my retirement. I'll plan for the future. I'm going to defer happiness and enjoyment until 20 years from now. Well, what he's doing is he's letting a huge chunk of his life pass without fully enjoying it. So by doing what he's doing, of being intentional and saying, okay, I don't want to just save for retirement at the cost of everything that's going to come up along the way, he can start to look at his finances. He can look at his cash flow. He can look at where he's saving money. He can look at how he's invested and start to make the tweaks and adjustments, not to say I know with precision what's going to happen in the future, but if I know it's important to me about family or travel or financial freedom or activities that I want to do, how can I put my dollars to the best possible use to support whatever life does happen to look like over the next 15, 20 years? I don't know what it's going to look like, but I can tell you for sure if all my monies are in 401ks, they're not going to be such a big help when it comes time to funding a vacation or taking a sabbatical or sending kids to college. Those dollars are tied up. If instead Nathan's feeling like, okay, I've got the 401k dollars, those will keep growing by what they're growing by. Now I can put these other dollars in something that will allow me to do those things. That's the connection between that ideal life that we've envisioned, even if we don't know precisely what it looks like, and what we're doing with our dollars on a daily, monthly, and annual basis. I'm going to go back to Nathan's question now. He goes on to say, however, having already built up an amount in our 401ks that is projected to grow to be quote-unquote enough when it comes time to retire, I feel conflicted on slowing savings down to the match and continuing as we have been. When is it wise to trust the predictions of estimates like this? So what he's saying is he's saying, I, th I think we're on track. You know, if we just pull our contributions down to the match, so for example, if he's receiving a 3% match on his 401k, then does Nathan just start doing 3% to take full advantage of that? He says, I think we're on track if we do that, but at what point do we trust that? You know, at what point do we trust the projections? Maybe our projections are assuming we get 8% growth. Well, what if we only get 6% instead? Or what if our projections assume this? And this doesn't happen exactly as we see it. Well, this is where you have to understand what's the cost of being wrong. As I mentioned at the beginning, precision does not exist, especially when we're factoring or when we're projecting something out multiple years. And over those years, there are hundreds of different variables that have to go perfectly right if you want your projections to be 100% precise. We're looking at things like, what's the stock market going to do? What's inflation going to be? What are tax rates going to be? What is your income going to grow or fall by? How much are you going to be able to save on an annual basis? What are contribution limits going to be? All these variables and more are impossible to predict the certainty. So what we have to know is instead of trying to be precisely perfect with everything we do, we have to give ourselves a range of, okay, let's make an educated assumption or an educated guess as to what do we think your income will be? What do we think your portfolio will grow by? Maybe we take a conservative estimate. What do we think inflation will be? What do we think? Make assumptions with all those variables, but then ask, what if we're wrong? You know, what if we're wrong? Now, if, if we're wrong and growth is actually higher than we expected it to be, that's an area where being wrong, it's, it's not costly. It just means you have more money or you get to your goal faster than you thought you would. Really, we have to ask, what's the cost of being wrong on the potential downside? What if inflation's higher than we think it will be? What if the market doesn't grow as much as we think it might? What if I can't earn the income that I think that I might earn? 
Well, you have to look at this and start to run some what if scenarios. Now, don't obsess over this because you have a long time, Nathan. You have 15, 20 years until this is going to happen, but start to run those what if scenarios. You probably are going to be wrong about a lot of your assumptions, but what other options do you have? You know, let's, let's assume that the market doesn't grow by what you think it is. Maybe you're projecting 8% growth and it grows by 6%, for example. Well, the other options you have are, do you work longer? Do you save more today? Do you spend less in the future? Do you maybe not keep working longer at your current job, but maybe pick up something part-time to bring in a little bit of income along the way? Do you look at your cash flow today to see are there different things that can be rearranged to better save for the future or better support lifestyle now? So there's always other options. If things don't go exactly as planned, that's perfectly fine. They're almost certainly not going to, but just understand what would the trade-offs be in terms of what you would need to adjust to still be on track for those goals. And again, to bring this back bigger picture, because there's a couple of different ideas that were floating around here. The bigger picture is that your decision to do this or not to do this or to decide how much to save to 401k versus how much to spend today, it should all be driven by your values. It should all be driven by what's actually most important so that you can start to feel as if your money's being used to create a better life for you and for your family, as opposed to you running your life in a way to optimize what you hear you should be doing with your 401k or with your finances. The implications that I see from this are are great. And these don't require huge changes. It just requires a shift in the way that we view money. But the implications is, one, you'll start to understand, you'll start to ask yourself, what is it that you really value about retirement? If you say retirement's your goal, we'll say why? And then why again? And why again? And it starts to unwrap and starts to unravel. And you'll oftentimes see it's really just freedom. Why do I say retirement? Well, I say retirement because after a certain age, that tends to be most people's main financial goal. But if it's really just freedom or freedom of time, how can you start working towards that freedom now with what you're doing with your savings or your investments? Or maybe you're realizing that a different, less stressful job could give you that same level of freedom. You don't need the same high income that you're receiving today. Or maybe this helps you to understand when you're in a position to stop saving for retirement. As you start to get a sense of what's most important to you and what you're currently doing with your finances, you might be seeing that you say time with family or time to focus on your health or time to do things with friends is most important, but all you ever do is save for retirement and work long hours and you'll notice a disconnect there. So it might help you to realize when it's time to stop saving for retirement. Maybe this exercise helps to make sure you're not so focused on long-term goals that you sacrifice today. Or maybe it helps you make sure that you're not spending so much today that you're sabotaging your ability to meet your future needs. So as we go back to the new year, as we go back to the way of reframing the way that we view money, what you need to make sure of is that your money is in alignment with what's most important to you, with what you want your life to look like. So if I was to apply a basic three-step framework for this, it would be as follows. Number one, write out your envisioned future. So what does life look like in terms of health, family, experiences, et cetera, et cetera, some of those things that we discussed? What does your envisioned future look like? Step number two, create a goal around this. So your envisioned future should just be what comes to mind first. What does a perfect relationship look like with your spouse? What does it look like to be able to engage in the hobbies you like? What does it look like to be able to volunteer or support the causes you care about? Envision that. Step number two, create a goal around that. So the difference is the goal is kind of that quantification of that vision or of that value. For example, 
Maybe my vision is to be a present father and to have a wonderful relationship with my daughter. Great. That's a great vision. But how do I know if I'm on track for that or not? Well, I hopefully it's kind of a feeling. Hopefully I've got some internal gauge of how I'm doing with that. But if I wanted to set a goal to make sure, am I doing the intentional things that would lead to that ability to be a present father and to have that wonderful relationship? Maybe I schedule every Friday morning, I'm going to go on a breakfast date with her. Or maybe I say, I will never miss a family dinner. So the goal is just taking that vision or those values and saying, what thing can I do that's trackable, that's measurable to ensure I'm staying on track with that? Or maybe my vision is I'm financially free and have enough passive income coming in to make work optional. Great vision. It's a wonderful place to be. But how do you know if you're on track for that? How do you know if you're doing the things that are needed today to be able to start to realize that vision? Well, a goal might be running some financial projections and then saying, I will save X number of dollars per year to my retirement portfolio so I can retire by age 60. Okay, I'm just making some of these up. But if step number one is to realize or start to think about what does your ideal future, what does your ideal life look like? I shouldn't say the future because it's really today as well. Step number two is to quantify that vision into a goal. And then step number three is be intentional about the changes that need to be made. So for example, when I do this, I've done this exercise. I know what I want life to look like today and in the future. But if I don't constantly revisit this, it's very easy for me to get sucked into the long term. I'm constantly living in the long term, both because of the nature of the work I do with clients, but thinking about the business and what I want business to be, thinking about personal goals. It can be more difficult for me to be present in the moment, to be spending things, doing things, spending the time and energy on things I know are also valuable today. So as I look at this, yes, I know that I should be doing these things, but revisiting it, using the new year to revisit this, to say, okay, am I on track to do the things today with my time, my money, my energy, my talent in order to have the relationships with family, in order to have health, in order to have the faith goals, in order to have the volunteer goals, all of those different things that might be important. How can I make sure they're being reflected today as well as in the future? So when you make these intentional things or when you make these intentional changes, Your goal is to make sure that you're allocating time, money, energy, talent for things today that you value, but also making sure that you're on track to be able to maintain that vision for the future as well. Now, the hardest part about this, I'll say, is understanding what your envisioned future looks like. Once you do that, the financial part's easy. Okay, maybe you save 12% to your 401k instead of 11%, or maybe you use your Roth 401k instead of your traditional 401k. Those are sometimes the easy fixes, the quick fixes. The harder part is being intentional about what do you want life to look like today and in the future. And when you can get that right, it's a lot easier to come back to your finances and start to understand what you should be doing to make sure you're on track for all that. So going back to the original question, Nathan, I know that we went a little bit off track with what the original question was, but I think the goal is to understand that when you're making these decisions, number one, understand there's no such thing as perfect certainty, especially when it comes to finances. And number two, make these decisions more of out of intentionality of what you want your life to look like, less out of the things you feel like you're supposed to be doing because you hear everyone else doing it. So I hope that's helpful. Happy New Year again to everyone who is listening, and I'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're looking to work with a financial advisor that cares deeply about helping you get the most out of life with your money, head over to our website at rootfinancialpartners.com and click start here. One of our advisors would love the opportunity to speak with you. 
You can also find the show notes for today's episode on our website, along with other great content that will help you to create a wonderful retirement. And finally, if you have a question that you'd like for me to answer in a future episode, then from our website, click on the learn tab. Scroll down just a bit on that page and then click submit a question to submit a question that I will answer in a future episode. Again, that can all be found at rootfinancialpartners.com. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time.